Today we are going to start a brand new series, as you see on your screen already, called Cheerful Givers. And we are talking about what it means to be not just a giver, not just giving, not the heart behind giving, but being a cheerful giver. You know, the Bible makes that very clear, that, that there is such a thing as a cheerful giver, okay? And, you know, I was really trying to, to you know, see, okay, Lord, what is it that you want us to jump into next? We just really got out of this series about recovering all, and, and, you know, really about faith and, and, you know, our faith increasing to recover everything, to take back everything. And um, I really felt as though the Lord was impressing upon my heart to talk about giving, you know, and because and, it's, su- it's such an important thing. Now, I believe in, in this church, you know, we're all obedient to the area of giving. We talk about it every single week, um, you know, and this isn't to, to, to throw more at you, to force you to do anything that's not... Uh, maybe out of a cheerful heart, okay, but um, it, I, I pray and I hope that as we explore these next couple of weeks, um, really some in-depth stuff about giving and the heart about giving, that it will provoke maybe a different and new understanding about giving, um, but a new mentality about giving, and, um, and, I, and I, I think it's really going to help us out uh, a lot just to have some more uh, understanding and clarity, okay? And so turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This is a pretty common scripture when it comes to uh, giving. And, and we're going to read verses 6 through 11. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 11. It will be on the screen if you want to follow that way. And we'll read it. And it goes like this. It says, remember this. All right, so this is something we got to remember. Remember this. The person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person, all right, so that's all of us. There's nobody excluded here. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of necessity, all right, for God loves, say it with me, a cheerful giver. All right, next verse. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need. Come on, isn't that good right there? Always having, not sometimes, but always having everything that you need. You may excel in every good work as it is written, he scattered, he gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now, the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all generosity. Man, isn't that good right there? In every bit of your generosity, you're going to be enriched. Hallelujah. Which produces, wow, there it is, thanksgiving to God through us. Wow. Praise God. You know, this is, this is so powerful. I mean, just right there, just you, you look at just those first couple verses right there, and this is in a whole you know, a couple verses in all of chapter 9. 
Okay, but you look at that and it, man, it just, it just leaps off at you. Okay, um, but you see how it goes from one thing to the next. And, and, and all of these things about multiplication, providing, increase, enrichment, all of these things are happening in this scripture. Isn't that powerful? Let, let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this word. God, we received this word today, Father God, and we thank you, God, that it's going into the soils of our hearts, and it's going to produce something beautiful today. Father, we thank you for your word, and we receive it now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you're taking notes this morning, the title of today's message is this, The Need for Seed. Not the need for speed, okay? The need for seed, all right? The need for seed. Now, obviously, there's a need for your seed, right? And we're going to talk about that today. Your seed is important, all right? Your seed is, is, is very, very important, not just to you, but to God, all right? And your seed will go forth and produce something. So there is a need for it, amen? All right, so I want you to understand something kind of right off the bat here. Uh, you, will you will never enjoy harvest time until you first enjoy seed time. You know, everybody gets, well, my harvest time is coming. I'm so excited for my harvest, you know. But if you don't first enjoy sowing seed, you're not going to be able to enjoy the harvest, okay? You've got to be able to sow with, with a cheerful heart, okay? In other words, there's got to be some joy, some excitement, some something that bubbles up in you when you sow seed into the kingdom of God. So much so that it actually should excite you more than when you get the harvest. Sowing into the kingdom of God. Because listen, it's impossible to have a harvest without the seed. You'll never have a harvest unless you first give the seed. All right? Just like a farmer will never, ever, ever have anything pop up out of, the, out of his ground unless he first took the time to plow the ground and sow the seed. And then when the season is right, the temperature's good, the rain has been coming, all of those things, then it makes room for those seeds to sprout and something comes up on it. And there's a harvest that he gets to experience. But you'll never experience a harvest without having a seed. So hear me for a moment. You can't show up to church on Sundays, okay? Operate in the Holy Ghost, shout, dance, clap, you know, fall out, all of those things, but yet still be broke and disgusted. It just really don't add up. It just really don't make sense, okay? And, you know, and, and I'm not saying that to be negative or to be mean or cruel or anything like that, but it... You can't just act like everything is, is okay if, 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 you, if that's the way things are, right? Because you and I both know that God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you, and he wants to bless you in an abundance. We just read the scripture. It talked about there will be an overflow that's made available to you, okay? And the reason he blesses you is so that you can be a blessing in return. You know, we think that, oh, the blessings of God, they're just for me. Thank you, God, for all my blessings, 
Well, yeah, we thank him for our blessings, okay, because he blessed us with it, right? But our blessing is not just for us to obtain. Our blessing is for us to also return. And, you know, we return our blessing unto the Lord, okay, first and foremost, and we'll get into that. But we also return our blessing unto others, all right? And that's important. That's a, that's a key thing right there, all right, is making sure that we're sowing into the lives of other people, all right? Now, I'm not saying you take all your money and you just go give it away to everybody. That's not what I'm saying, all right? By, by no means. You've got to be, you've got to have wisdom and you've got to make sure that you calculate the cost and all those kind of things. Um, but you can be a blessing to others because God has blessed you, Amen. And I'm thankful for the move of God. I'm thankful for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, all of those things. But there's something about generosity and understanding giving that breaks yokes. I mean, it breaks yokes. It, and not only that, it destroys generational curses. And let's take it a whole other step further because this is all word. It, it, it eliminates and destroys barriers in people's lives. When, when you give, when you sow, when you have a heart of generosity, when you're a cheerful giver, it, it's not only going to return a blessing unto you, but it's going to break yokes, it's going to destroy curses, but it's also going to break down some barriers. Come on, you should say amen a whole lot louder than that. It sure will. So watch this. You can't be saved and stingy at the same time. It don't work. It does not work. You can't come in here and lift your hands and say, I'm saved. I'm born again. But yet your heart is as stingy as it gets. That's not the way Jesus was. That's not the way he trained his disciples to be. And that's certainly not the way he has informed us to live our lives. All right? He, he gave up himself as a ransom for many. <laughs> right? And he only asked for a small amount of things in return to him. And yet we have such a hard time sometimes when it comes to the area of giving and having a heart of generosity. But listen, people of God should not be stingy people. We should be giving people, blessed people. Come on. Blessed to be a blessing type of people. Amen. That's the kind of people we should be. As soon as you get stingy and you got all that stinginess in you, then you'll see, man, those barriers will come right back up. The curse will be right upon you again. You know, all of those kind of things. And that's not a kind of lifestyle that we need to be living. We should never desire that. And listen, God doesn't desire that for us either. Now, the motive of giving should never be so you can get something back. Okay, because a lot of times people will come into church, say, well, you know, the preacher says that if I if I give, then I'm going to get something. So praise God, I'm going to get something. God's going to do something for me. Okay, that should not be the motive to why you give. Okay, it should never be that way. But you do need to know that God is and he will bless you back. Okay, so. While it's not the motive, you still need to have the understanding that that's going to come. It's going to happen, okay? It's biblical, it's there, and it makes sense, and it happens every single time for us, right? 
But do this for me for just a second. We're not going to specifically get into the full topic of tithing today. I'm going to save that for maybe uh, you know next week or the week after or something like that. Um, but raise your hand, okay, if tithing specifically has changed your life. Okay, see, it's changed all of our lives. I mean, it transforms us, you know. It, it, it just does things in our lives that not giving of our tithe doesn't. I mean, but when we, when we sow our seed in the area of tithing, it completely changes things. Listen, tithing is not law. Tithing is love. Tithing is not about, oh, I need to follow this rule and this law and this biblical standard and this code or what this ordinance or whatever. No, tithing is love. It's not a contract. It's a covenant. It's not a contract. It's a covenant. And we'll get more into this and more into depth in the upcoming weeks. But we know what the tithe is. It's 10%. We give 10% back to God. All right. Not, not just what he gives us, but we're giving off of our increase. Whew. There's an increase that's already there, and we give, we give off of that increase. I'll explain that uh, maybe next week or the week after, okay? Um, but, you know, everybody's in different situations. Everybody's got different, you know, financial things, and everybody's, everybody's looks differently, okay? Uh, but how many, you know are, and how many of you know this and are grateful this morning that that God does not respect the amount, he respects the obedience. <laughs> you know, he, he, you know he, and that's so true. It's like, man, you know, you get people that are like, well, I really, I, I don't make a whole lot of money. It's not about that. Well, my tithe is less than probably everybody else in the room. It's not about that. It's about your heart. It's about your obedience. It's never about the amount, okay? It's never about the amount. It's, it's, it's about your obedience. And hear me. Uh, with God, it isn't about the quantity of the gift. It's about the quality of the gift. To God, it's never been about the quantity. It's never been about how many dollars and how, and how many this and how much that. It's never been about that to him. It's never been about who's the biggest giver in the church. It's never been that way with God. Okay. Now, unfortunately, the church has twisted all of that. Okay. And I've been a part of churches and ministries where it's all about that. And if you're, if you're the biggest giver, then you're the closest one to the pastor. And it shouldn't be that way. Because to God, he don't care. He could care less how much money you're giving. He don't care how much money you make. And he don't care how big your tithe check is. Okay, God does not look down upon you and say, oh, wow, <laughs> Terry, that's a good one this week. You know, he don't do that. God is the God. Is, God does not care about that. He don't care about the amount. And listen, neither should we. Neither should we. All right. Because your obedience and your sacrifice. Guess what? It moves the heart of God. Hallelujah. Your obedience and your sacrifice, it moves the heart of God. Okay? So if it's a $10 tithe or a $100 tithe, a $1,000 tithe, $10,000, whatever, no matter what the amount is, because of your obedience, it moves the heart of God. Hallelujah. So you may not make a lot, and you may feel like your gift is maybe 
insufficient, all right? But you need to know today that God doesn't care about the dollars. He cares about the posture of your heart. And He is pleased when you give. He is so pleased when you give, all right? And so, you know, circling back around to the seed now, okay? Because there is a need for your seed. There's a need for your seed. And the seed is important. And the only way your seed can do anything for you is if you sow it. Your seed can, nothing can happen to your seed. Nothing will ever happen to your seed unless you take that seed and you plant it and sow it right into the ground. Amen? Now, once it's in the ground, you step back. And then now God begins to do the work. And I'll get into that in a minute. God begins to do the work. But it's your responsibility to take your seed and plant it into the ground. Okay? Plant it into good soil. All right? Which brings up a thought and a topic. Be careful where you plant. Be careful where you sow. Okay? If, if there's people that are ministries that are begging you for money, you better be careful. Okay? You know, we, we, we have to be use discernment. You know? We have to use discernment on where we sow our seed. Okay? Like, let me give you an example. Right now, with all this stuff going on in Israel, there's 50 million kind of organizations that popped up about where you can sow some seed into investing into Israel. Well, you better be really careful because some, some money that you think may be going to Israel may be going into the pockets of Hamas. <laughs> okay? And so you got to be careful. So you gotta, you got to do some research. you got to really pray and seek the Lord, all of those kind of things. Okay? And it comes that way with all of it. Now, the tithe goes to the, to the church okay, that you belong to. That's where your tithe should go. Your offering is over and above. The over and above, the 10%, okay? Whatever the Lord puts on upon your heart, you can sow that into anybody, anything, okay? Now, we've had people that have reached out to us over the years and said, this month I want to give my tithe to your church. Can we do that? Well, that's fine, okay? Now, that's between you and the Lord. If the Lord had told you that you're removing your tithe out of the, the house that it's supposed to go to, <laughs> But somewhere else, then that's between you and God, okay? And so I understand that maybe the Lord may lead us to do those things at times. But your offering, okay, your over and above, is what you sow into everything else, okay? My offering is, okay, today I'm going to bless, I'm going to bless Jen with $100. Hallelujah. I'm a blesser. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Mao's Israel website and I'm going to sow $500 into Mao's Israel, okay? I know, it's a, I know it's good soil, but that's my offering. That's not my tithe, okay? That's me having a generous heart, okay? Being a giving person, sowing generously, taking some seed and sending it forth, okay? So, you know, these are all different things that, you know, we need to, you know, talk about in upcoming weeks. But, you know, you just got to really be careful of where you sow your seed. Okay, and you've got to you you know you got to you got to be careful because the, you know what the enemy wants to do. As soon as you plant that seed, he wants to come and snatch it right up. He wants to come and rob and take it. 
You say, well, it's already in the ground. He can still. He's got his tactics and maneuvers and different schemes that he will try to rob you of that seed. And we're not going to allow him to. Amen? So that's why we got to be careful where we sow. All right? And we sow as the Lord and where the Lord leads us. Amen? All right. So in, in that, let's, let's jump into this today. There, there's three facts about your seed that I want to teach you. Okay? Three facts about your seed. Number one is this. Throw it on the screen there. God is the source of your seed. God is the source of your seed. Okay? Now, you know, you, you, you think about that, and we all may say amen. We all may say, yes, that's true. But oftentimes, we forget this. We're living life. We're blessed. We're walking in abundance. And we say, man, I have my job. I just make some good money at my job. Okay. Well, no, it's not about that. Okay. Who is the one that provides the seed? God. He is the source of your seed. Not your job. Not your family, not an inheritance that you got, you know, whatever you name it, okay? God is the source of your seed. Now, if you go back into 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, it tells us it right there, okay? Let's look at it. Now, the one who provides, the one, okay? Now, some of your versions may say, and God who provides, or he who provides, or whatever. But no matter what, look at it. It's a capital letter, <laughs> Okay, mine says the one, and it's a capital O. It is God, okay? The one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your seed. So he is the one that first gives us the seed for us to sow. And then yet, though, think about this. Even though he gives us the seed, we complain about the seed sown. Sometimes we do. God, I can't afford to tithe this month. God, this is hard. God, I don't like, God, I'm frustrated, you know, whatever. And sometimes things can come up and we complain or we have a negative perspective or, or whatever it may be on the seed that God has put in our pockets. And we got to be careful because he is the one that provides seed for the sower. So when we sow, it was never ours to begin with. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was never ours to begin with. So notice, you aren't the one who provides. You never have been, nor will you. Well, I'm the main provider of my household. Okay? You may bring in more seed, but God's still the one that is bringing in the seed. Okay? All right? It is Yahweh who provides all the seed into your hands. Okay? It, it, is, it comes from Him. You see, when you truly understand that he is your source, then you tap into an anointing in God where he opens up an abundance of resources upon you. When you truly under understand that he is your source, there is an anointing that is upon that understanding. When we realize that it is him, it all comes from him. It's all from him. All of this seed, it, he is my source. It is all coming down from him. 
And when you understand that and when you live like that, when you live with that understanding, there is an anointing that is open up for you. I'm telling you, hallelujah. And when that anointing is made available and opened up to you, there is an abundance of resources that come your way. Hallelujah. So watch this. If he's your source, you get the resource. If he's your source, you get the resource. Now, you ain't going to get the resources if he ain't your source. You're not. You're not going to have the over and above. Okay? You're not going to have the overflow. You're not going to have the abundance. None of that stuff unless he is your source. Okay? He has to be your source. Your job, I'll say it a million times, is not your source. God is your source. Now, if you remember, a few weeks ago, we talked about the kingdom management system, right? The kingdom management system. Well, the world has what we call an economic system, okay? But the kingdom has a system as well. And you want to know what that system is? It's called sowing and reaping. All right? Now, the world operates in the e economic system, and we operate in the system of sowing and reaping. We just read the scripture, okay? We just talked about it, all right? The one who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. The one who sows generously will reap generously, okay? So most people are looking to God to give them a harvest, but they haven't sowed anything yet. And this is why you can't expect what you don't invest. You can never expect what you don't invest. You have got to invest it. you got to sow it. you got to give it. Okay? Then you can say, well, praise God when he gives it back. Okay? Because it does come back. All right? It does come back. And it comes back in an abundance. Hallelujah. So if God is your source and you truly understand that, then giving should never be an issue. If God is your source, giving should never be an issue. Why? Because the resources to give will always be there. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, I mean come on. It, it's always, it's always going to be there, you know. It's, it's not going to be like, oh, no, is it going to be there next month? Yes, it is. Because if he's your source, it's automatically going to be there. Okay? You know, lose your job. Lose this, lose that. Have no money coming in. And guess what? Somehow, some way, there's still the resources. I mean, we've been there. We've lived this out before. I'm not saying that just because it sounds nice. I'm telling you the truth. Okay? I remember a little over five years ago, all right, when we were just not even before we knew we were going to plant the church. And, I mean, because some of y'all remember, but I know Maria will, but. I mean, we were out there living in Holiday Inn Express in Allen because we had nowhere to live. We sold our house, okay? And we left, you know, left our former church and sold the house and did this. We thought we were going to this ministry, and then that didn't work out and all this. And it was a crazy, chaotic couple weeks and situation. We know what it's like, okay? We know what it's like. But then when you look at it, you still say, well, you know what? At the end of the day, God still provided the resources. 
Why? Because through it all, he was still our source. Amen? And, and he is your source. Hallelujah. He is your source. So, number one, God is the source of your seed. Okay? What else about your seed? Number two is this. Look at this. God honors your best and first seed. I'm going to break that down and help you understand that. But God honors your best and your first seed. Amen? Come on, how many of you heard of seed time and harvest? All right, seed time and harvest. Hallelujah. We got to give him what is best first. Not what is best last. We got to give him what is best first. Some people give God what is best last. And they say things like, this is all I have left. This is what I have to offer. This is what I have. This is what remains. This is, this is all that I have left. But hear me. That does not release the blessings over your life. I'm sorry. It does not release the blessings over your life. You do not pay your bills and then give your tithe. You do not do that. Okay? Because I'm telling you, there's, there's something there that when you give of your tithe first, it breaks the curse. This comes straight from the Bible. This is not Austin speaking. This is the Bible. Okay? The blessing, listen, is not released when you give him what is left. The blessing is released when you give him what is best first. That's when the blessing is released. This is why tithing after you pay your bills never works. You say, well, I don't, I don't see how God's bringing it back. He's not multiplying. Not doing that. It's because you're not doing it in the right order. Okay. Let's look at Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. We'll put it on the screen if you want to follow that way. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. This is a very common scripture, too, when we talk about uh, giving in the area of generosity and all that. It says, honor the Lord. So honor him, okay? With your possessions and with, here it is, the first produce of your entire harvest. Hallelujah. The harvest is there. Praise God. <laughs> Why? Because he provided seed for the sower. So the harvest is automatic. It's coming. It's there. Hallelujah. So the harvest is there. But it says we have to honor him with the first produce of our entire harvest. Okay? Then it says, then, look at what comes then after that. All right? This is the key right here. Then your barns. Okay? What is your barns? Your house. Your bank account. All of those things. Your barns will be completely filled hallelujah and your vats will overflow with new wine okay look at this they're not going to be just filled but they're going to be completely filled they're not just going to be filled with new wine but it's going to overflow but this part right here is really great but this part right here at the latter part of the scripture only works and happens is if you do this right here, honor him with the first. So when you honor him with the first, then what happens? Then you'll be completely filled. Then you will overflow. Okay. This is the biblical standard. This is the blueprint of giving. This is the blueprint 
of generosity. This is how it works right here, but this is the order, okay? And this is how God intended it to be, all right? Look, God is not just looking for your tithe. He's looking for your everything. He's looking for your everything. Are you willing to give it all to him? Go back to the scripture there. Are you willing to give it all to him? Honor the Lord with your possessions. That word right there, possessions, is not just talking about your money. That's talking about everything you've got. So we honor him with the first of everything we get. Got to understand this right here. This is important. Okay? Some people say, well, what do I tithe? You tithe of everything you get in. I know some people don't like that. It's biblical. It's biblical. And what is this a matter of? This is a matter of honor. Honor. If you honor God, then this blueprint will not be difficult for you. But it will come easy for you. Okay? Whatever comes in, whatever that looks like, all your possessions, can you honor him with all of it? Okay? All of your, whatever comes in, that's what you are supposed to give off of. And that's big. Okay? Because some people say, well, you know, what about when somebody, um, you know, comes up to me and writes me a $500 check and blesses my family? It came in. Okay? He says, can you honor me with all of your possessions, with the first of everything? Okay? So what do we got to do? What's the first thing that I got to do when someone blesses me with that $500? I've got to take 10% of it. Say, God, thank you for giving me that 500. I sow 10% unto the Lord. Guess what? At the end of the day, no matter what you may think, I'm still going to have the 500. <laughs> I am. Because when I do it this way, then I'm walking in the completely and in the overflow. I'm not concerned about the 10% of the 500 I had to give up. Because when I do that, now all of a sudden I've got this in action. See what I'm saying? Now this is in play. So now that changes things. I didn't lose 10%. I gained something. Come on, somebody. So I might have gotten $500 Gave 10%, but guess what? Because I gave 10%, it very well could be that the next week the same person says, here's $500 again. You see what I'm saying? Because when, when you operate and when you follow this, then you live in that overflow anointing. That overflow anointing is over what you give and what you do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the scripture says that when we give God our best and our first, when we honor him with all of that, okay, we're not only honoring him, but when we honor him, our barns and our vats will be full 
but they'll also overflow. You know, people and preachers and all this, oh, you're going to have the overflow, overflow. You know, and we throw the word overflow out there all the time. Overflow, overflow. Okay, that's great. I want the overflow. I want the overflow. But the overflow only works if we follow God's code. Amen? And, and that's just the truth of the matter. So you won't just have what you need. You'll have an over and above what you need. Hallelujah. Okay? When you take your seed and you give, you honor God in the area of the first and the best. Okay? When you do that, then you will have an over and above that is made available to you. Come on, can somebody say amen? So we have to honor him with your best and your first. And the last one is this, and this is really the most important and what I really wanted to get at today. Number three, your seed meets a need. Okay? What's, why are these things so important? Well, God is the source of your seed, number one. Number two, God honors your best and your first seed. Okay? But you have to understand that the seed that you sow meets a need. What could that need be? I don't know. But God does. So God doesn't just take what you sow and, and say, well, let me put it upon the shelf of my, you know, heavenly earthly or heavenly uh, bank account or whatever, you know, and just put it up on the shelf and, you know, just nothing with it. No, no, no. God takes the seed as soon as it's sown and he meets the need. Now, first of all, you need to understand that he meets your needs with it. Oh, praise God. He meets your needs with it, okay? But more importantly, he meets the needs of others and other things. And this is important. When you sow, your seed goes forth to produce something. Anytime you sow, it's going to produce now, what it produces is up to God, not up to you. Now, there are times, say, well, Pastor Austin gets up and says, we're, we're launching today a building campaign. We're going to raise $500,000, okay? So, I encourage you to sow a seed into that $500,000, okay? That you know where your seed is going. When you sow that, it's going to meet the need of whatever that specific thing is. Okay? That's different when there are specific things that are said and you know what is being targeted and where your seed is going. But nine times out of ten, the whole rest of the time, your weekly, monthly, or whatever, however you want to call it, tithe and offering, all that, you don't know necessarily what need is being met. But what you have to understand it is producing something. Okay? No seed goes unseen. No seed goes unseen. And that's a fact of the kingdom right there. So God not only sees your seed, but he puts his power on it. Hallelujah. And it produces something that you can never produce on your own. Woo! Hold on to your seed. Try to produce something. 
but it will never produce a result like when you put your seed in the ground and God puts his power on the seed. What he produces from your seed is way greater than anything you could ever produce. Well, I could bless people with this, and I can do this, and I can help a lot of hurting people. Yes, you can. And do it. Go for it. But when it comes to your seed that's supposed to be sown, as the Bible tells us to, our 10% and whatever else over and above that God commands you to do, you need to know that when you sow that seed, that God is putting his power on that seed, it's going to produce something that is going to be created to meet a need. And it doesn't go unseen. Amen? So, when you give, you have no idea what is happening in the ground around your seed. Woo! In the ground, God has put his power on it. And in the ground, that seed is starting to shake Right? Come on. That seed is starting to roll around. That seed is starting to burst out some sprouts. You can't see what's happening, but under the ground, that seed is starting to produce something. Well, I haven't seen a harvest yet. Don't worry, because God is doing something in the ground. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God. See, God is putting his power on what you sow. And that's something that I'm grateful for. And so I want to sow. And I want to sow seed into the, into the good soil. Because when I do that, then I know that he's going to put his power behind it. Hallelujah. So it's literally, it's literally impossible for your seed to not produce a harvest on your behalf. It's impossible. Because when God gets your seed and puts his power on your seed, there shall be something that's produced. And guess what? The harvest is on its way. The harvest is coming. You're about to see the harvest. It's impossible to not have the harvest. So, when we talk about giving and sowing, when we mention before we even got into this building, and even after we got here, We mentioned to you to sow a sacrificial seed into the next season of this church. That isn't so we can sound cute, okay? That isn't so that, you know, we can do a million different things. Have we done anything since we started here? No, okay? It's not like we're out to blow money and do this and do that and have this and have that. That's that's not the intent. So when we say sow a seed into the future of this ministry, into the future of this church, that's because, listen, that seed is someone's salvation. That seed is someone's healing. That seed is someone's deliverance. Come on. Everything is attached to the seed. So when we say sow into the next season of this church, And over and above your tithe, a sacrificial seed unto God out of the heart of obedience. That's not because we need your money. That's not because the church needs your money. 
But there is a need in the future that has to be met. And the only way that need will be met is if your heart of, of gratitude and your heart of obedience says yes to the call and sows the seed to the need. You don't know how many souls are attached to your seed. That's what you got to understand. It's just not, not about the money. It's not about, it's not about having to do this and do that and, you know, God just needs more of my money. No, he does not. God needs your heart of obedience. God needs your sacrifice, okay? What family is being restored because of the seed you sow? Hallelujah. What attic is going to get set free and completely their life completely transformed because of the seed you sow? why your tithe is so important. That's why your offering is so important. That's why those not common, unusual times when we say, hey, we want to encourage you guys to sow into something right now. That's, that's not for all of these mundane things. It's, it's for all the people. It's, it's for all of them. And I'm grateful for the fruit-producing power that God ignites in the ground of my seed. <laughs> I sow the seed, I step away, and God begins to get at work with it. So I'm grateful. Come on. And you need to be grateful for it too. You need to be grateful for the fruit-producing power that God ignites into the grounds of your seeds. When you sow, he says, boom, and he ignites something under the earth with every good thing that you sow. Hallelujah. Come on, did this help you at all today? I know this may be repetitive for most, but I'm telling you there is something about this that God is really wanting to stir up within us. And he's looking for a church and he's looking for a people who have this heart and understanding that knows what it means to do what the Bible says, be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto him. That's not just in how we act, how we talk, but it's also in how we give. Giving is so important. It's one of the biggest things, if not the biggest. I mean, it's, it's huge, okay? And again, it's not so that you can have more. It's not that you can get. It's not all of those kind of things. It's the heart behind it. Where does God see your heart today? Is your heart in a posture and position of, well, I just do this because I kind of have to. Or I do this because this is what I know I'm supposed to do. Or whatever it may be. Or is your heart say, you know what? I am a cheerful giver. I am a cheerful giver. And that's what he's looking for. He's not looking for the best givers, for the biggest givers. 
for the have-it-all-together givers. He is looking for the cheerful givers. Isn't that interesting? That's all he mentions. He's not looking for all the other stuff. He's just saying, is there joy attached to your heart when you give? And that's what he's looking for. Not the dollar that you sow, but the heart that you contain.